morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, the Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Kathy Kay, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, October 23rd, 2017. We are reading from the big book, and we are on page 161, the very last paragraph on the page, which begins under only slightly different conditions. Today's readers are Lindsay B. on the 12 Steps, Melissa C.K. on the 12 Traditions, and reading the text are Karen T., Catherine M., and Becky K. Uh, the reference numbers for yesterday, Sunday, uh, October 22nd, the special edition is 10,574. And this morning, 7 a.m. meeting on October 23rd, 2017, is 10,578. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Lindsay B. to read the 12 steps of OA. Good morning, visioners. This is Lindsay B. Recovering with Gratitude in New Hampshire. The 12 steps. We admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, thought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, Ipash. Thank you, Lindsay B. And Melissa C.K., would you please read our 12 traditions? Sure, Kathy. Can I be heard? Yes, you can. Great. Good morning, everyone. This is Melissa C.K. of Chattanooga, Tennessee, grateful recovering person. All right, the 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. 
five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thanks so much for allowing me to do service. Thank you, Melissa C.K., how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirements for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page 161, the third paragraph. I will ask Karen T. to get us started. Hello, this is Karen T. Can you hear me? I can. Thank you. Hi. Thank you so much, Kathy Kay. This is Karen, Recover Compulsive Overeater in New Orleans. Under only slightly different conditions, the same thing is taking place in many eastern cities. In one of these, there is a well-known hospital for the treatment of alcohol and drug addiction. Six years ago, one of our number was a patient there. Many of us have felt for the first time the presence and power of God within its walls. We are greatly indebted to the doctor in attendance there, for he, although it might be prejudiced his own work, has told us of his belief in ours. Every few days, this doctor suggests our approach to one of his patients. Understanding our work, he can do this with an eye to selecting those who are willing and able to recover on a spiritual basis. Many of us, former patients, go there to help. Then, in this eastern city, there are informal meetings, such as we have described to you, where you may now see scores of members. These are the same vast friendships. There is the same helpfulness to one another as you find among our Western friends. There is a good bit of travel between east and west, and we foresee a great increase in this helpful interchange. Um... So in paragraphs before, it talked about what was going on in Ohio, and this is talking about what was happening in New York City. The hospital um, is called the Towns Hospital. And, it was, um, and the doctor that they're talking about is the same one who wrote the doctor's opinion. I'm pretty sure about that. Um, but this doctor could find people who are willing and able to recover on a spiritual basis. And I believe that's people who have really hit bottom. I'm only willing and able to recover on a spiritual basis if I have to. It's the desperation that um, 
that makes me willing and able to recover on a spiritual basis. If I didn't have to, I might not. So um, that's the way I understand it. You don't have to have a spiritual basis before coming into Overeaters Anonymous, but the willingness and the ability to recover is based on our desperateness, the gift of desperation, I call it. I call it. And then there's a good bit of travel between East and West, and we can foresee a great increase in this helpful interchange. It reminds me of the two conventions that Vision for You has had. And, um, you know, it's helpful to see people in other areas and how they do it. It is um, helpful to me because I get inspired by other people's programs. I get to hear about other people's working of the steps and see if I can apply that to my life. Um, I'm especially thinking about amends right now. Um, You know, hearing how other people have made amends uh, is very helpful to me to um, see, to make sure that I've made my amends to the best of my ability and to um, understand that important step, that action step. So um, I wanted to point that out. And um, this also talks about the former patients who go to help. You know, I need to help other recovering compulsive overeaters, other people, in order to keep it myself. So it's not necessarily an altruistic thing. It's a selfish thing. I want to recover myself, so I need to work step 12. But also, it's so rewarding to be a very small part in someone's recovery and to see that this spiritual basis uh, makes us able to recover. So thank you for letting me share, and I back. Thank you, Karen T. Okay, who would like to share on these two paragraphs? Lindsay B. Lindsay B. Carrie S. Carrie S. Did I hear Becky, too? Yes, Kathy. Okay, thanks, Becky K. Beth B. I'm sorry? Beth B. is the boy. Beth B. Who came after Beth? Janice B. Janice B. Thank you. And we'll take Gina one more. Gina R. Gina R. Okay, let's start there with Lisa B, Carrie S, Becky K, Beth B, Janice B, and Tina R. Please go ahead, Lindsay. Yes, good morning, fellow visioners. Lindsay B, very grateful from New Hampshire. And, um, oh, my gosh, you know, for so many years, I tried to live on the periphery of this program. And, um, you know, I, I gave up so many times before the, the miracle happened. And um, and that so much of it was because I was making these calls uh, just to sort of by rote. I did not want to be friends with any of you. I did not want to be in a club that would have me as a member. I... And now I thank God, you know, this disease has progressed to the point where I I don't know what I would do without vision, without numbers from all over the world, you know, and, and doing a fair amount of traveling, you know, being able to see my, my family, which is very scary thing to do for me and know that I can go to, to a meeting, you know, it doesn't have to necessarily be an OA meeting, but a big book meeting where I can hear the same message. And, um, I am going to be traveling, you know, from east to west this week for five days. And um, this is the first time I've traveled since I became newly absent right before the um, the convention. And, you know, because I have all these, you know, connections now and these people that I, I are becoming my friends, I have in, something in place for me when I travel next week, you know, and... Um, I already, you know, I'm going to be meeting with a visioner that I, I met, you know, at the conference. I know there's meetings. I can go online. You know, 
30 years ago when I was doing this work, I traveled an hour and 15 minutes, two hours. I had children. I would take them. I would sit in meetings nursing my babies. I was willing to go to any, absolutely any length. And along the way, somehow, the gifts of the program took me out of the program. And um, now, how lucky I am that I don't have to travel all that distance. And I have everything I need right here. And um, just incredibly, incredibly grateful. And um, thank you for all of you people continuing to do this work and for reminding me that just because you're recovered, you still come, you still do this because you know your life depends upon it. And and I resisted that that thought, that belief for such a long time. I thought I could have a few good days of jolly good abstinence and some great conversations and some great humility, and now I can go take a vacation. And, um, you know, this <laughs> I don't want to take a vacation from this disease. I, I, I mean, from my, you know, working my program because it, it keeps me living a full life. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Lindsay B. Um, Carrie S., please go ahead. Good morning. Thank you so much for your service from this meeting and um, welcome all the newcomers. This is Carrie S. Recovered in Colorado. And um, this reading just reminds me and, and I, you know, this, I heard this on the morning meeting and it just resonates so much. We stand on the shoulders of giants. This text is, is sacred. And until I started looking at the doctor's opinion, you know, written by Duncan Silkworth, this is the doctor that we're talking about in this reading, I, I wasn't able to, to really honor the history and the sacredness of, of these words. And it's true for me that when I did hear, you know, um, as many of us felt for the first time, the presence and power of God within its walls, it was true for me that when I heard somebody share their story, their experience, strength, and hope in a way that I felt lifted up and I began to connect in a way that I hadn't before because I heard they were getting recovered, that it wasn't until then that I started to really dive into this book, you know, saying, and thank God, one of my guides kept saying, say the set-aside prayer. You know, just because you've read it before, say the set-aside prayer of, you know, that everything you think you know about this text, that you can have new ideas and a new experience about it. So I had to set aside my prejudice about this book, and I had to have step two hope that I could recover because what I was doing was I was identifying out. I was unique. I was separating myself. I kept seeing the differences. I kept seeing the, the, you know, the similarities that kept me in my disease. And it, and I just wanted to share a part in the doctor's opinion on XXVIII where Duncan Silkworth, he says, we feel after many years of experience that we have found nothing which has contributed more to the rehabilitation of these men than the altruistic movement now growing up among them. And so it was the members reaching out their hands saying, you can get recovered. This is for you. It's possible. And so I just kept trying to identify in, try, you know, seeking connections. That's what kept me coming back. And, and I kept hearing on these lines Seek connection, seek connection, and that's what. And that's how I found my recovery. So if you're out there and you're struggling, and you know you you're struggling, keep coming back, keep coming back. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Carrie F. Becky K. Please go ahead. Press star one, Becky. Yes, thank you. I was looking for my mute button. Uh, appreciate that. I'm Becky Kay, um, um, recovered compulsive overeater in Maryland. And I want to thank everyone for their service and their shares this morning. What resonates with me is that second paragraph when we when when it talks about um, every few days this doctor suggested our approach to one of those patients. This solution um, was seen. Um, 
not only by alcoholics, but then doctors started to endorse AA. And it was, um, it was beyond just a prescription. And the focus, of course, was on the spiritual, the spiritual awakening. And remember, when this book was written in the 1930s, the solution, um, the solution that doctors had for alcoholics was to throw them in, in a hospital or sometimes in a pain asylum. Now this is sort of a, a, a revolutionary approach to, you know, treating alcoholics. And we know from the big book that there's no cure for alcoholism, just like there's no cure for compulsive overeating, but there is recovery and albeit a, a, a daily reprieve, you know, when we work these steps one day at a time, but this is where the doctors are, are now saying that there, there is recovery here. And I, I just want to sort of, you know, put it out there that, that maybe we in carrying the message and in doing services to let more and more doctors know, I know when I went to the doctor and I was obese, in you know, in all my years, no, no doctor, no medical professional even mentioned OA to me, and so I think um, I, I want to invite people to sort of get the word out to the healthcare industry and professionals that OA is is alive and well, and there's another solution to just you know throwing people into you know insane asylums so to speak. Um, and so I, I just wanted to share that, and I, I really appreciate um, you allowing me to share. Have a great day, everyone. Thank you, Becky Kay. Um, Beth B., please go ahead. Hi, everyone. Can I be heard? Yes, you can. Okay, this is Beth B. from Charlottesville, Virginia. Um, grateful uh, to be on the line this morning. Um, I love the, the idea of um, talking about how part of the recovery uh, from this disease um, is, is a spiritual connectivity to other people. And uh, I got to tell you, the first thing that happens to me when I, my disease uh, is activated is I want to run and I want to retreat and I want to isolate. Um, you know, I had an incident this morning with another fellow um, that didn't go so well. And the first thing I wanted to do was not come on the meeting and not share. But I know that uh, to do that is my, is, that's my disease talking. And that if I want to keep recovering every day, I have to uh, stay connected with my fellows. And um, so I'm here. I'm here and I'm not really feeling great. Um, but I'm here. And I'm doing it a day at a time. And uh, with that, I will pass. Thank you, Beth B. Uh, Janice B., please go ahead. Thank you, Kathy. Good morning, visionaries. This is Janice B., recovering compulsive overeater in Vermont. Grateful to be here and grateful to be opening my mouth. Thank you, God. Um, so what stuck out? to me here today is um, in that first paragraph where he said we are um, where it says we are greatly indebted to the doctor in attendance there for he although it might prejudice his own work has told us of his belief in ours and I can relate to that because because you know, he opened his mouth. You know, he wrote the doctor's opinion. He put himself out there. And he, you know, it, it could have reflected badly on him because here he was, a doctor, and he was going against the, um, the like, the opinion of all his colleagues. And so he did not buy into the fear, but did what was um, what he saw as the truth, the truth about what was going on, and he wanted to be helpful. It was it was based on 
he acted out of um out of love and compassion and um to to possibly you know not good consequences for him and um and I relate to that because um you know that's that's the path that's that's the path I'm trudging really because um I am one of my character defects is to hide and to stay isolated and and not and not stand up and say what's true for me and um and you know there's a lot of fear involved um to for me to open my mouth because <laughs> i've got a story that i you know i can't communicate and i don't have anything to say and um um and i know that the only way out is through and um and to practice and i don't have to be perfect and i um i have I have in my book here, willingness without action is fantasy, and praying without action is begging. And so, you know, the name of the game here is is pause and be alert, aware, and awake to the thinking, and and take the action. You know, be be willing to take the action and you know if you're not willing to ask god for the willingness to act as if anyway and with that i pass thank you thank you janice b uh tina r please go ahead um hi kathy this is gina r uh gratefully oh, recovered no worries no worries uh, gratefully recovered uh, from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body in Green Valley, Arizona. I am um, drawn to the um, portion in these two paragraphs that talks about um, going to the east and the west. And I have marveled um, in listening to the the meetings where, you know, people from um, Israel Australia, the UK, um, and I even remember somebody at one time um, calling in from um, a country in the Middle East. I can't remember where it is, um, <clears throat> but it—it it, I didn't. I felt connected to them, but I really didn't feel connected because I never um, had the the sense to. Uh, reach out to them, and I don't know why, um, but my experience in the last few weeks has has changed all of that. Where um, somebody from one of those countries actually contacted me and um, indicated that they had heard me on a couple of shares <clears throat> on the the meetings that are recorded. <clears throat> excuse me for my dry voice, and wanted to know if I could talk. Well. Long story short, I am now guiding this person um, through the the big book again. They have been through it before, uh, but just like me, they could relate to my experience where I had come in through the mothership program and thought I had this, but then woke up, you know, one day or many days realizing I hadn't and understanding my arrogance and my ego was getting in the way. <clears throat> and what I want to say is at first I felt um, I did feel a sense of fear and intimidation because I don't know why it just it didn't make sense to me why somebody from across the world would contact me but it's the it's the beauty and the miracle of the technology technology that we have today where we can do that um, but the cool thing is is uh, this person probably knows way more than me about a lot of this but they have set aside what they think they know. And they're letting me, um, as imperfect as I am, just just take them through as I was taken through and trusting that higher power will show them things. The thing that I am learning is if you're in another country, um, the big book published in those countries is not exactly the same as ours. 
And if I had not been taught to go line by line through this book with somebody, I would have never known that. And so I'm really grateful not only for the solution that this book offers us, but the surprises that can come. And when you don't think you're ready, I didn't think I was equipped. And it reminded me that someone told me once, uh, God doesn't equip the called. God calls the equipped. God, yeah. God does not call the equipped. God equips the called. And so I have everything I need in this book to do what I need to do. And I will roll up my sleeves again today and do it with everybody. And with that, I pass. Thank you very much, Gina R. Okay, let's take a few more names. Who else would like to share? This is Hope. Okay, I only heard Hope. Uh, Marie from Los Angeles. Sherry Sherry KB. Okay, I got Charles H. and Sherry KB. And I heard... Ginger C. Ginger C. There was somebody, if you could all stop for a minute, right after Hope. Who was that? Barbara in Los Angeles. Who in Los Angeles? Marin. Marin. Okay, Marin. Now I got you. I heard Barbara E. Uh, So I have Hope. Marin, Charles H., Sherry K.B., Ginger C., and Barbara E. Uh, That may be all we have time for, so let's start with Hope. And could you please give us your last initial, Hope? Hi, this is Hope R. Thank you. Thank you. And the line, the sentence that jumps off the page at me is on page 162, every few days this doctor suggests our approach to one of his patients. Oh my goodness, every few days I'm reading the doc op with that next new hungry person. And it's not a new person to program. It's not a new person to OAAA or the 12 steps. It's a new person to a vision. I heard loud and clear over and over and over at the conference, we have a responsibility to take this message back to those that just desperately seeking a solution. And so I've gone back to the mainstream OA meetings that I dialed into for a year and a half. And I dialed in faithfully every morning, and I heard the same mess over and over and over. Every once in a while, I would hear a message. But a lot of times I heard relapse. And so I'm just so grateful that another person that had gone before me on one of those meetings said, hey, come on over here with us. And that's what I'm doing now. I'm going back to the main bridge line, and I'm inviting people to a new way of doing it and starting out with the doc op. When they're open to that, we continue reading the big book. Some of them continue. Some of them don't. Maybe some of them find other visionaries to work with. But no matter what, I feel like I'm carrying the message to the best of my ability, one person at a time. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Hope R. Uh, Marin from L.A., can you please give me your last initial? Thank you. Press star one, Marin. Okay, I don't know what happened to Marin. We'll come back to her. Charles H., are you available? It's Marin from Los Angeles. Yeah, I'm ready. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, Marin. Thank you, Charles. Thank you for your service. I love this paragraph, and thank you for going through the book and doing this kind of work. It's very important. I know that the, the doctor's opinion is the most important part of the book. It says complete abstinence, and that for me was very important because I'm a bulimic, anorexic, I'm a compulsive reader, definitely. And um, I was in a hospital, and and OA came in, uh, uh, 12 Steps came in, and it was very important for me to have them there. This was back in the 80s. People came from OA to talk to me. I had an eating disorder that was terrible. I was 60 pounds. Um, 
people came in and talked to me, and um, I think, like it says in this big book, I'm 100% hopeless without divine intervention. And for me, the divine intervention is people like you on the phone, the big book, uh, the, the sponsorship. Um, if I don't have that, I would never have recovered. And um, today I've recovered from my eating disorder, uh, and I don't purge, and I don't starve, and it's because of this big book. And my doctor at the time I was in the hospital in the 80s said, you should really join OA. And I never forgot that, even though I didn't, I resisted it for a long time. And uh, I'm just grateful I found OA, and I wanted to be in OA, and I'm grateful for OA. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Marin. Charles H., please go ahead. Thank you very much, Kathy K., for your service. Charles H., a recovered compulsive overeater. So I was asked yesterday morning to get out of my comfort zone to go speak at an anorexic meeting with some young women who I was the only man in the meeting, which that's not that's not abnormal. Um, so it was like 20 young women, pretty much young. Um, and I went down there. I did did, did did the justice. I don't like going out. I don't like leaving my town uh, on a Sunday morning, but I did. And I, and, and I preached. I didn't preach. I, I, I sound like I preached, but I said a hard message from the doctor's opinion, you know, um, from Dr. Silkworth. Dr. Silkworth pretty much um, – says just going to meetings will not bring about the psychic change that is necessary for my recovery. If I truly want to solve my problem of addiction of alcohol or other addictions, we believe you must actively work the 12 steps, right? And I also said, I think Overeaters Anonymous as a whole is doing the fellowship and injustice. You know, I want to be in a thin body. Okay, what about the anorexic? Are we telling the anorexic stop eating because you're not thin enough? Are we telling are we telling people are we telling people um no sugar, no flour? Are we telling them no white sugar or no flour? I think we're being self selfish and self centered in this program because it sounds good. And I also said something like it was a hard message and I also said something like I post oxymorons for morons. We can't keep it unless we give it away. Destruction of self or self destruction. They were like, where is that in the doctor's opinion? Where is that in a big book? I said, open your book with a guy that's recovered and let them take you through this book and watch how you mysteriously, magically, inspirationally change and help others. And then you can join this fellowship, the program of action. See, it's not about your job and your cat. And I was hearing them talking about their job, their cat, their boyfriend, they this, they that. And Dr. Silkworth says, you suffer from a double whammy. And only a psychic change. Without that psychic change, which I can get from the 12 steps of this, of this book, then um, there's little hope for my recovery. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Charles H. Uh, Sherry KB, please go ahead. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning, everybody. This is Sherry KB in Northern California. Very grateful, recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you so much for your service, Kathy, and welcome everybody on the line. I uh, first want to talk about William Duncan Silkworth, who is, the, in the doctor's opinion, the story. Um, one of the things that he said was on Roman numeral 26, which is XXVI. He said the men that these men may, may well have a remedy for thousands of such situations. You may rely absolutely on anything they say about themselves. And then another thing he says is on page Roman numeral 32, XXXII, I earnestly advise every alcoholic to read this book through and through. Perhaps he came to scoff, but he may remain to pray. <clears throat> and here's a man who back in the 30s, you know, um, was treating alcoholism, and then he met Bill, and uh, he started seeing major recovery due to the altruistic plane movement with Bill and many others. And then finally, they wanted him to endorse his name in this book originally, but he wouldn't do it yet. I think he needed to see more evidence. So then when this book was uh, republished, um, the other editions in 1951 is when he actually put his letter in this book, which is amazing to me that a doctor says, I 
I couldn't help them, but here is a, a group of people who can and who will change many, many lives. Which I know, thank God for Bill Wilson and Bob because they've changed my life, and um, here I am. It's 2017, and this is 19, you know, 39 that this book was published. Another thing here that it says is about the power and the presence of God um, working in the walls of the, the rooms of OA. You know, we're, we're a vision for you. We are our OA. We're not apart from and we're not a part of. I mean, we are, excuse me, the opposite. <clears throat> we are a part of and not apart from. Um, so I'm so grateful when I feel the power in these rooms and on, on these meetings. And I just want to say, these paragraphs are about help. This is about us helping others and, you know, using the 12 steps and being recovered on a spiritual basis. And I just want to say when I was going through this work, there were so many people that I, I called that were recovered people that I don't hear on the line anymore. So what I've been doing is calling the people I have not heard on this line in a while and say, hey, I miss you. Where are you? Because, you know, I believe in giving back what I was so generously been given. And I'm just really grateful for this meeting. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Kathy Kay, are you there? Thank you, uh, Sherry KB. I'm sorry I was muted. Uh, Ginger C., please go ahead. Hi, good morning, Kathy. Thank you so much for your service. This is Ginger C. Recovered in Colorado. And I just adore this doctor. It's amazing. Um, this book is so divinely inspired. And this doctor, for us to have the doctor's opinion first and foremost, is probably the most important part of the book, in my opinion, because it shows me exactly what my problem is, this twofold nature. But the sentence, it says, you know, this doctor, um, we are greatly indebted to the doctor in attendance there for he, although it might prejudice his own work, he was willing to put his reputation on the line to share his truth. And I know a lot of doctors and a lot of them all are, are about their egos. You know, they have to know it all and don't begin to talk to them that, you know, you might have another opinion. That's why we go out and seek second opinions because we may not agree with what they're telling us and we may want to find somebody else to search out. So this doctor in the 30s too, you know, unbelievable in how he saved all of us. And I love, you know, um, on XXVII, he says, we doctors have realized for a long time that some form of moral psychology was of urgent importance to alcoholics, but its applications presented difficulties beyond our conception. What, with our ultra-modern standards, our scientific approach to everything, we are perhaps not well equipped to apply the powers of good that lie outside our synthetic knowledge. Yeah, we've gone to school and we're pretty uh, smart people here, but we know when we turn back to page 60 that probably no human power could have relieved our alcoholism and see that God could and would if he were sought. And that's why it lies outside their synthetic knowledge. They know you have to tap into a power greater than yourself to save yourself. And for him to bring that to life in that time period is unbelievable. Because again, here we're in 2017 with many doctors and with huge egos. And this guy was willing to lay it aside to save us. But again, he stayed on the firing line day after day, night after night, watching us die. So huge debt of gratitude to this amazing, amazing man. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Ginger C. Barbara E., please go ahead. Hi, this is Barbara E. in New Jersey. May I be heard? Yes, you can. Oh, great. I realize time is short, and I'm not normally on this meeting. I normally get on the 7 a.m., but I listen to this all the time because I hear such wisdom. And I heard such wisdom today. It especially spoke to me that uh, God will equip me to be the step sponsor that someone might need because I too feel like the people I'm step sponsoring are light years ahead of me. I wanted to address the um, the OA. OA, where I live, I'm very blessed. 
it clearly says that the first principle, the first goal of OA is for people to lose weight and and maintain a healthy body weight, not to stay at anorexic, not to continue bulimic uh, tendencies, but simply to lose and then maintain a healthy body weight. And that's wonderful. And then when I started realizing that the big book could help me to affect a psychic change to become a more loving, kind, tolerant person, I realized that that's what I needed as well, not just the physical. I needed, I absolutely needed the, uh, the emotional and the spiritual aspect so that I could be better. And there are times when I think I don't have a connection to with a higher power. But then when I'm doing or saying or thinking something that's out of whack, I realize it in my gut. I've done something wrong. I've thought something wrong. I haven't been accepting. I've been dishonest. So that indeed is my higher power. And it's just wonderful to hear all the people on this meeting and the meeting before that have accepted that there are so many pages in the big book. It's it's a guide for living. There's a prayer for fear, a prayer a prayer for the third, the fourth, the seventh, the tenth, the eleventh, and to continue working with others. I was fearful, but I'm doing it joyfully because the words are going to come not from me, but from that higher power that I didn't think I had out there for me. I do have a higher power. We all have a higher power. We just have to be willing to access it and look for it in the little things, in the little things. Thank you so much for allowing me to share on this 10 a.m. meeting. I pass. Thank you, Barbara E. We have time for one more share. Who would like to share? Debbie M. Okay, Debbie M., Please go ahead. Yes, hi. Thank you. This is Debbie M. from Indiana. I want to thank you for your service and everyone on the line and for all the wonderful shares I've heard both at the 7 a.m. meeting and today. And I just, first of all, it's a miracle that I'm on this phone um, today. And it's the result of, I want to focus in on the part where it says on page 162, There are the same fast friendships. There's a good bit of travel between East and West. And I want to change that to East and Midwest because I live in the Midwest and my sponsor lives on the East Coast and I have never met him in person. But these are the same fast friendships. I have a friendship. My sponsor cares about me. And it's a fast friendship because I feel that he cares about me and my recovery. He, he, because he sets aside everything to work with me whenever I need it. And he is a busy man. He goes, he works full time. He, he has a family. Um, He, he runs, he leads meetings, he goes to meetings, you know, he does this work, and yet he has time for me, and what is that but a friend? That is a friend, and I have not been able to make true friends because I have been too selfish. I have been in this disease, and I've had anxiety, depression, agoraphobia, and I literally had to get down on my knees and pray to God that I could pick up the phone and call someone to be my sponsor. And that was only, that was less than two weeks ago. And in less than, in that time, in one week time of working with my sponsor, I was on my step five because I'm working these steps like my hair is on fire. So if you are waiting for something, and I don't know what that is, like I was, I I was actually, I'm in relapse, and I was waiting until I got 
I, I thought I had to get as sick as I was before. Trust me, I was sick. I just didn't think I had reached my bottom, and I said, you know what? Enough is enough. Someone said that in the morning meeting. You know, enough is enough. You can decide when enough is enough. And I decided that enough was enough and picked up the phone. And I'm already experiencing some of the promises, the step five promises, and I'm getting ready. I am anxious to embark on my amends. Um, And God is doing for me what I cannot do for myself. And with that, I pass. Thank you very much, Debbie M. And thank you to everyone who is here today. Uh, wonderful meeting. We will now close the meeting with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Catherine M., would you please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Press star one, Kathleen. This is Catherine M. Can I be heard? Yes, thank you. Go ahead, Catherine. Okay, this is Catherine M., Recovered Compulsive Reader in Seattle. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless and keep you until then.